forever. Dog. Someone is watching you. This week on the podcast, Richard Peck's Secrets of the Shopping Mall. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And this week we read Secrets of the Shopping Mall by Richard Peck. Mm. 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 So. This book is for babies. This book is for babies. This book <laughs> is another so, book for babies. This is another book for babies. Like truly everything that was happening. Like, I was like, what? The <laughs> idea, reading? The, like the concept of running away is so old fashioned. Yeah. Not based in reality whatsoever. No, not yeah. even really trying to be. It's more like, what if it's weirdly heightened? Yes, in like a fun way. It's just not. It's not of <laughs> the genre. It turns out. Um, yeah, because yeah. like on the face of it, if you're like two kids run away to live in a shopping mall and encounter two different gangs that live there, yeah, that's fun as hell. Yeah, and sounds crazy. Well, I was really confused reading this book um, because I didn't really understand if the gangs were like uh, magically transformed. Is there magic (laughs) involved? Magically transformed. Well, because wait, so they're just really good at pretending to be mannequins. Yes, and they literally have forgotten who they are due to no magic. Haven't forgotten who they are because they all go back. At the end. Yeah. They're all like, my, 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 me. Yeah. And also they're like suburban kids that didn't have it too hard. Whereas they're like like these characters. Yeah. Yeah. These characters are like, or like our main characters. City where like things are actually hard. I mean, in the city too, I was getting like. This idea of what (laughs) a city is like. It was very like warriors. Like the vibe was like roving gangs. It mentions warriors. Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay, so maybe this author, like Richard Peck, like was changed by warriors and was like, but what if they were kids? Like, yeah, it's like they he saw warriors and was like, what if kid gangs lived in a mall? Here's the thing: it's not. I mean, it's not a bad book. It's just like I didn't. It's not a teen book. It's uh, here. I, I'm gonna go. I I don't. I I would have not liked this book as a child either. Is the problem? I might have liked it simply, but like the concept of like trying to get away with living in a mall sure is such a like delicious concept to a kid oh yeah like no parents and honestly these the main character kids like they do live the dream like they get to continue living in the mall with no parents forever but like by going straight into the workforce yes (laughs) but by getting jobs in the mall (laughs) by doing child labor not even just the mall the one department store (laughs) In particular, one department store, Which is like seven floors and has a deli. Yeah, I guess it used and, to be common that that. Um, well, Nordstrom Cafe. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's true. the department vibe is very used to be swankier. Different. It's it's definitely not a J.C. Penny. It's definitely more of a Nordstrom's Neiman Marcus. Yeah, type Fancy. place. Um, Maybe and a an employee cafeteria where they eat for free. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'll work at this mall right now. <laughs> I know, except their food sounded pretty rank. I mean, it's very like 70s Americana. 
yeah. like egg salad. I mean, I love egg I salad. I love egg but salad. But like potato salad and like rice pudding and I mean, I love those something things too. Or other. The herring thing, I was, I like smoked fish, but like for some reason that thing was like, it was just like cream and fish and I was like, mm. and it was just in a, a tub a tub that was just like sitting out and the kids were like let's eat this and they were like getting with their bare hands i was like this is some fear factor shit Um, i did agree with the gang putting them on trial for that yeah yeah that that was like (laughs) i was like yeah that's fucking disgusting yeah and like how dare you put your hands in the like directly into the thing really unsanitary uh pre-covid world (laughs) Mm. okay let me read the summary yes because this will help put everything into framework (laughs) Okay, trying to escape the vicious King Cobra gang and a troubled life at home, eighth graders Barney and Teresa flee the city. With only $4 between them, they hop a bus, hoping to find a new life at the end of the line. Destination, Paradise Park. But Paradise Park turns out to be a cement-covered suburban shopping mall, not quite the paradise they'd hoped for. With no money and no home to return to, they're forced to stay. And Paradise Park takes them in, in more ways than one. Barney and Teresa spend their days and nights in the climate-controlled consumer paradise of a large department store. And just when they think they can live there unnoticed forever, Teresa and Barney find that even Paradise Park has its secrets. Even in the dead of night, they're far from alone. Hmm. Hold on, is this book, like, really sad? Because I'm now thinking about it. And, like, so they have these, like, childhood dreams of, like, living in this, like, living in this department store forever but that's like all a lie. And then instead they have to go straight into the workforce and join capitalism. Um, I think on theory it's sad, but in execution it's like aspirational. (laughs) Yeah. It feels much more like, Oh, well yeah. Like who fucking cares about their shitty school and their shitty home life? Like now they can just like get jobs and live for themselves. I'm like, I end up feeling like they're definitely living their best life as uh, a, trainee of the crystal department and a stock boy yeah yeah but it's interesting though because like everybody that like the other trainees that she sees are so disillusioned with like the life of working they're all like college graduates yeah it seemed very um like anti-intellectualism didn't it the book um yeah there was a lot of that because they were like like the the trainees they the were like referencing street smarts who make it yeah well even like the tra- like the trainees are seen as kind of like like the kids see them as it, it just feels very like huh, out of the mouths of babes am i right kind of thing where like the kids yeah through the kids lens like the college students seemed really like entitled and annoying and stupid and it's like you know what that stupid college student was tricked into leaving her unpaid internship and the little girl got to child labor her way into <laughs> taking her job. <laughs> and it's like, wow, yeah, who came out the winner there? Like, wow, the 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 one who knows the value of work is going to make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very like, just put down your, put your head down and work. And it's, it's like if like, the thesis of severance was like it wouldn't it be like really fun to like have this be your entire life yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes that that is what it's like Mm -hmm. 
gosh, it sure would be simpler if yeah we all could just be at work twenty four seven. Yeah, because the kids like they live there. Um, here's my question. I just got really confused about like so. I would say that the different like acts, like the story acts of the book, are very different. Like they they seem to be like different stories almost. Yeah, it's a pretty hard shift. Yeah. Every time. Because they're like, oh my gosh. First, we're in this like Mad Max kind of place, which is school. And she and the new kid like team up against the bullies to run away. <laughs> but then to also like throw bricks on the head of the main bully, which I was surprised he didn't die. Yeah, because he gets knocked out for a second. Yeah, I mean, he maybe he shouldn't go to sleep that night. Yeah, definitely shouldn't. Um, and maybe he does, and they could have gone home, and it would have been fine. Because <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> they had nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, but they like they're like we cannot come back from this because we attempted murdered a bully at school, and he his gang is gonna enact Gang's vengeance gonna on get us. us. Yeah. Yeah. And then so they run away to Paradise Park, which is a mall. And so they get there. And also there were a lot of cats in this book. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Kind of weird. Cat drives the drives the action at the beginning because it's mm -hmm. the, the, the King Cobra gang, which is like it's a very West Side Story feeling gang. Yes. Um, it is, finds this cat that Barney... Who is like so smart that he skipped a grade. Barney was trying to get the cat to befriend him. And then the bully finds it later and is like swinging it around by its tail. It is horrifying and about to like fling it into the Also building. like that would definitely really hurt the cat. Like if you grab yes. a cat by its tail and hold it up like that would really, really, really hurt it. Yeah. No, this cat's getting fucked up and would have yeah. probably died i think maybe this cat dies off page as well i think the bully maybe <laughs> dies off page and so does the cat there's a lot of off de off page death <laughs> um all the stakes are off page yeah, yeah. Um, and so to prevent him from doing that barney and Teresa, who had snuck up in this like dilapidated about to crumble building that all these housewives are protesting needs to be torn down um barney drops a brick on his head and he luckily <laughs> falls and the cat lands on him. And then yeah. the cat gets away. And then when he comes to, he's like crying. And his gang is like, hmm, tears make us uncomfortable. Yeah, they're like, wow, I didn't know our leader was such a pussy ass bitch. Yeah. And and they shout down and the gang like runs away. And they're like, yeah, if you try anything else, like we've got a whole pile of bricks up here. Yeah. And so the bully... Skulks well, first away after first offering them yeah. a position. <laughs> but then he, what's his name? Barney. He's like, I uh -huh. want to be the leader. And the guy's like, okay, you're you're tripping. I, no way. Yep. Oh, I also wanted to point out huh, the irony here where all the moms, right? They're like, we want to protect the children. And they don't even notice these like two kids that are obviously on the lamb. Yep. And then they're they're protesting like, get rid of this building, get rid of this building because it's dangerous to children. And then in, they don't even notice that in the building, there's like children attempted murdering each other and a cat. The adults are very, very clueless in this book. Yeah. It's kind of a 
critique of anyone who can't like get by on their smarts. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a very like individualist, but not really. It's like individualist, but like slave to the machine. <laughs> it's, it's like it's pull yourself weirdly, up by your bootstraps yes. to serve the man. <laughs> yes. To be a member of capitalist society. It's very um, like peak like 80s. Even though this, I believe, was written in the late 70s. Yeah. It's like proto... Reagan. Reagan. Reaganomics kind Morning of vibe. America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So b- the leader of the King Cobra gang skulks off and they're like, well, we can never go back to school. because <laughs> they, Like, supposedly these children are smart, but like the idea that they're like, well, we'll just... We have to disappear forever. We can never return to this place mm. is very stupid or very childish. But you and know what's crazy, though? That they're they're right. right. Yeah. That's the weird part. Yeah. Yeah. And so they get on a bus for as like, much money as they have, like as far away as it, as far as their money will take them on this bus line. Mm-hmm. And it's Paradise Park, this, this mega mall. And they sneak inside in this department store. And then it's a hard shift, like you yeah. were saying. Suddenly, it, like, the very different feel to this book. Yeah, and 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 then there's another hard shift later. But yeah, the, 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 this first hard shift, it's like, well, we're just two kids trying to get by living in the mall. Mm-hmm. And so and they just, really like... Bumbling. Uh, yeah, really bad. And they have a day that's like that, where they're just, like, these two eighth graders who are, like, don't know what they're doing in over their heads. Yeah. And, and and then there's another heart and they get like, there's a cat who, who lives in the department store named yeah. Pantyhose and a night watchman who doesn't find them. And so they're avoiding him. And then during the day, they're just trying to blend in, but they're spotted by the two leaders, really one leader, mainly Barbie and Ken of this child village yeah <laughs> that lives in the department store and then the book takes another hard shift and suddenly Teresa and Barney are like completely different characters yes and Teresa in particular like it had been that Barney was the smart one and Teresa was just the sort of like wide-eyed follower happy to have a friend yeah and then as soon as they get caught by this child village <laughs> suddenly Teresa's this the one with all the smarts and gumption yeah and the book shifts again and i was then all, it gets real weird it gets really weird i i guess i was confused because like the way that they describe the kids like the the child village it seemed to me well a how long were they there like like months? a day no i mean the the child village oh like years so that's the other With thing turnover. where they're like, I'll just go home. Like, I know that like I, some I know, of them years. Some yeah. Because some, cause some of them varies. Are, yeah. But like, and I hate to be this kind of person that's pointing this out. Like, I feel like I'm part of like CinemaSins or whatever. But like <laughs> pointing this out. But I'm like, so their parents like never fucking looked for them at well, all. I have ever. to assume that their parents did. Except that it's completely implied that the last two people, um, 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 Rosemary is the daughter of a juvenile court judge. Yeah. And Agnes is the daughter of a school superintendent. Yeah. And it's supposed to be this like 
irony that like those two people didn't even notice their kids were gone. Yeah. They were like, well, of course, their parents didn't notice. Yeah. And it's like, what is this book saying? What is this book's mission? Yeah. The message is muddled throughout. I mean, it definitely seems to be like adults don't know how to help today's youth. Yeah. And today's youth is spoiled too. Because they only, yeah. And, and that was the other thing because it wasn't like, oh, well, parents just throw money at their kids and then hope that they get better because that was not, that was not it's it. Not, nothing is really explored. No. <laughs> with any great depth. And I guess the I was- is really just much more of like a lark. Yes. But it has all these deep themes that it like doesn't really care about getting into. It like- it's really a comedy, yes. which I didn't realize going into it. Well, I also didn't understand, like, I know that, like, you're supposed to suspend your disbelief or whatever, but they just seemed like such, like, mannequins, and also they were all, like, insane from, yeah. like, not being from around. Hiding. Yeah, because, like, that one girl that works in, like, the vintage area. Well, they're, like, a combination of insane and just, like, children who don't know any better and are but just like trying they, to like make it as best they can but like they they're like we're not allowed to use our names we ha-. like the it, it just seems very like deeply indoctrinated which i guess maybe they yeah it's like are. a little cult i think they are i think have you seen station 11 maybe i know we read it <laughs> i was about to say i watched a few episodes okay um, and then i i just like fell off of it couldn't yeah deal with the pandemic yeah the pandemic of it all yeah Yeah. well do you remember like the gang of children that follow the boy child (laughs) that grows up okay well there's anyway it just is so bad we read the book and i can't remember i'm gonna tell you something i didn't remember any of the book either i remembered parts of it but i couldn't remember enough to say if the show was an accurate (laughs) portrayal (laughs) or adaptation um well, anyway, they just felt like they had lost all grasp on reality and like to a point where I thought that maybe they were magical mannequins that were like actually able to, to freeze. Yeah. yeah. Or that like they like being in the mall made them like more and more mannequinish. No, but they're just kids. It, it's just. Yeah, they're just kids. And that's like a comment on how people don't like really look that hard at their surroundings. Yeah. That's what I think. Our main characters included because they don't notice them. Yeah. But there were also like weird, just like it was so dystopian and strange. Like mm-hmm. the kids that live outside, like whatever yeah, that other the gang rival is. gang is has control of um, what, like the, the shipping dock. Lot. Yeah. Like the exteriors, the loading yeah. dock and the and the and the, the like gang inside who. Do they refer to themselves as anything? Um, not that I recall, but they do I call the outside remember. kids something. Yeah, they call the outside kids mouth breathers. Um, right. And it's like a, a heavy class divide between the two gangs. Is like the mouth breathers are the kids in school who took remedial classes. And mm-hmm. the kids living in the department store are all like from... Yeah, honors. Are all gifted. Yeah, the gifted kids. And then here's my other question so like when they first described that one mouth breather girl Mm -hmm. she's like a bug Mm -hmm. what the fuck 
was that? I guess she was just like wearing goggles. Okay. And her earphones made it seem like, her headphones made it seem like. She was a bug. Because they had, had like antenna. antenna. So that was the <laughs> other thing that like this book is like written in the perspective of an eighth grade child. And so, mm-hmm. but here's the, uh, that's the other thing. In eighth grade, I felt like I was like pretty mature. Not like I an eight-year-old? Yeah, yeah. Like if I was in eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade and I saw someone with goggles and like headphones, I'd be like, there's someone with goggles and headphones. Not like, I'm not like the ancient Aztecs Literally like looking seeing, at a bug. or Mayans or I can't recall which one. I'm yeah, sorry. Like seeing the inqu- ships. Yeah. The ships and thinking it's cl- clouds. Like, you know what headphones are. You live in that world. It's not a completely yeah. alien technology. He is really, I mean, I guess because it's the late 70s, it is somewhat alien technology to them. It doesn't. But then it, why are the they, mouth these breathers These kids using- are written like they are much younger, I think. This had like Lord of the Flies vibes. Yes. Which, how and old were the all kids, those kids Lord of the were Flies? like much younger? They were like 10. Weren't they like nine? Somewhere around there. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense. These kids are like four, 13 and 14. Yeah. Teresa and Barney. Okay, yeah. Lord of the Flies, they're ages six to twelve. It's just like by the time you're fourteen, you are not this yeah. childish. No. Or maybe we live in a world where people, you know, kids are growing up faster and faster every day. But then like that's like the thesis of this book. <laughs> I know. Of. I know. And it's like the hardship once Teresa, once they're captured and Teresa suddenly becomes like the smartest girl in the world mm-hmm. or the most savvy girl in the world. She talks completely differently. Yeah. And sounds much older and more worldly. Yeah. Is it and the it world like making her sense. grow up? But there wasn't anything like internally telling us that she felt any different. No, it's been a day. It's literally been a day. But it's all supposed to be like much more of a lark than yes, than the situation would suggest. So they get captured by this gang of kids who live in the department store and have these, each has a station and they both, they're all, not both, they've all taken a name based in that station. So like the, the kid who's set up by like aquatic supplies goes by scuba and he wears a wetsuit and they're all wearing stuff from their station so that they can freeze and like just kind of blend in as if they're a mannequin if anybody spots them okay but the introduction of scuba also like flipped me out because i was like what the fuck is happening because i am all for imagery and like creative (laughs) use of words and like Mm -hmm. metaphor and all that but like literally she's like Teresa sees scuba for some reason he's like lying on the ground in his scuba outfit don't know why and she's like and then I saw or it's like and then Teresa saw a beastly spider person yeah like really she's that fucking stupid that she thinks he's a and spider thing, person she's not she's not in any other moment of no the and that's why it's Except like for really thinking confusing. it's a bug like thinking, thinking that the girl is literally a bug, a bug yeah. girl, thinking it's literally a spider person when it is a child in a wetsuit. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a child in a wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Because <laughs> truly, can you imagine like if you're with someone and they see a child in a wetsuit and they're like, ooh, <laughs> I'm scared of a spider person. Uh-huh. I would be like, you're not funny. <laughs> like, get away from me. <laughs> That's not me. Yeah. But she's literally scared. It's just like, it's trying to have its magical realism yes. cake and eat it too. Yes. It's just not working. Yes. It's trying to use magical realism as, as a. It's like, well, then just like be magical realism. Be magical realism. It's trying to use it as metaphor almost. Mm-hmm. it's like trying to use it as a without literary, actually using it like not a literary device but like yeah in the same way as like metaphor or imagery but like being like and then this spider person came out it's like well if, then like, is yeah, it if you want to make it that they can literally freeze and become mannequins yeah. then cool cool but it's like, i would buy into that walk this line and it's like no in no world would i actually yeah, like get up, because it's not just like out of the corner of her eye. It looks like no, she she like walks staring up to it. Yeah, yeah, and so it's just like it's trying to walk this line between being realistic and not. Yeah, and it's just not working. <laughs> so they get put on trial, right? By like the main girl, she's mean. Her name Barbie. is Barbie. She's- Barbie and Ken are the two people they see. Yeah. And Barbie has like Shirley Temple curls, mm-hmm. and she's like, "We're gonna, we're gonna do a trial because you first she we so first she accuses them of like just being like trespassing, and then like to like really put fire on the flames, she's like, actually, also, you guys are spies for the mouth breathers outside. But I don't get why. Here's my question: like, why? Why, do, why does she not want to welcome them into that world? Whereas, like, she has welcomed in the other members of the child's village. I think they just like enjoy putting on a trial, <laughs> like, because we don't know what their punishment was going to be. So, like, oh, that punishment might have been like, you're now, the yeah, you, person you have to work the station. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So, I think that they would have been, except she accuses them of being mouth breathers. Yeah. And they like very obviously aren't. Yeah. And it's really silly that all the kids instantly believe her. But I guess they're under her thrall. Well, but they don't instantly yeah. believe her. They're just like, I mean, they are somewhat under her thrall in that like she's the leader and they're afraid of her like simply because she's the leader. Right. She's the like most headstrong of them and they just need a leader. But like they're not really behind her as in like the trial right they're just all like getting off on acting like a little society yes and then rosemary comes traipsing in rosemary really confused me she added fire to the flame as far as like me not understanding (laughs) what these kids were yes because she talks like she sounds insane yeah and it's very confusing and obsessed with romance novels. She just reads romance novels all day and dresses like a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Because up until the point, because this was the other thing, the author doesn't really help us out with like really knowing what anything looks like or anything. Because like up until the point that she mm-hmm. accidentally mentions math class, I literally thought they were mannequins come to life. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> she was like... It does. That's certainly how 
it's coming off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a very silly book. And like, I would say good for like a 10 year old. Sure. It's like an interesting. No, but. Silly little read. Lindsay, I feel like when we were 10, we were reading like. Well, when we were 10, we were reading Christopher Pike. Yeah. Like, this is, like, good for, like, maybe a seven-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Or an eight-year-old who could be, like, oh, I don't see any problem with a 14-year-old wanting to live like this. It's like, hey, did your kid love the movie Night at the Museum? Yeah. Give them this. Yeah. It was just, like, the stakes were so very low. And the the way that Teresa gets them all to immediately Uh, give up the society and go home. I hated that. I was, like... How? Yeah. Yeah. Are you pulling this off? It doesn't, it's just like by pointing out, like by, by like taking charge and she just like suddenly manages to make them all homesick. And I don't know how she really pulls it off. It's just like the veil falls from their eyes or whatever. And she also like, she says some stuff and then like two people believe it. So she just like says this stuff again and then like more people believe it. Like it's not even... I guess, it, it, I mean, it's supposed to be like, you know, a commentary on people and how societies work. and Right. So I guess leadership all they needed was a different leader. and power. Sure. So yeah, they just needed a different leader who like kind of saw how bullshit it all was, I guess. And to dissolve them, not to lead them anymore. That's what was so weird is they all, not just like took on Teresa as the new leader. They all went, I want my mommy. Yeah. And then they I'm all left. Lonely. I'm homesick. I'm finally ready to admit it. And here's the other part that bu- bugged me. Like, and also, like, I'm not saying this to besmirch, like, any stock boys or assistant crystal buyers or whatever <laughs> the fuck. Like, but like, it just felt very like like the the dic- the thing that this book was dictating to you as a reader is like the fact that they they can con their way into any job at this shopping mall or department store. Yeah. Department store. So like the fact that like the thing that they choose is like entry level and then to work their way up, like that just seems so like the falsehood of the American dream Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, well all you have to do is, you know, just give them your resume and then you'll get a starting job and you can work your way up the ladder to then someday be CEO but that's not going to happen for everybody because there can't be 100 CEOs. But it's selling that idea, the lie of capitalism, the lie of like, at the time it was true. Except even the people at the top seem miserable at this place. It's just yeah. like, I don't know what this book is saying. Well, and also like it's true for some people, but not for everybody. But 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 the promise of of job mobility is sold to everybody. Uh huh. And then, and then the reason for only some people getting to the top is sold to you under the lie of meritocracy. It's just like really weird that the happy ending is them getting jobs in this department store. Yes, and like living <laughs> and not there going home. and not going home. And like I understand that, like it's also a huge generalization to be like, well, all home life would be better. But it's well, just especially like theirs the fact is bad. that the happy ending is yeah them. Working and living in the department store. Yeah. Working, living, sleeping, eating in the department store. Never leaving. Mm -hmm. Becoming a cog. It is like severance. 
And so, and 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 it doesn't seem because I think there is something in like if if the tone was right, if it was like these kids, they like have this wonderful summer. It feels very um something wicked this way comes right of like the 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 um passing of time and and the fleetingness of of childhood, and it's like okay, there's these kids and they like have this wonderful summer. Um, living in the department store and thinking that they're getting away with everything and then they finish by like working at the department store and like serving the system which they were trying to escape and like that's like a sad I mean that's not what this book was doing but I'm just saying like it's 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 just like hey just give these two yeah inner city kids with no home life a job yeah. And they're set. You know what? It's very um dangerous minds. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very like, hey, you've got a choice. Everyone has a choice. And all you have to do is get out there and get that job. It's just very um oh, you can't afford to go to college, get a part-time job. Like it feels like that. That same type of person would like agree with this book. Mhm. I didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, yeah, I didn't either. Um, it's just like extremely silly. Seems to think it has a message, but doesn't know what it's saying. It's or too I don't, or silly. Or possibly, I just don't like what it's saying. <clears throat> yeah, and I like silly weirdness. I like absurdity, but just like I don't know. The writing is so. Late 70s goofiness. Yeah. Well, also, like, like for me, I don't, I guess I like silliness. I like absurdity, too. But it has to feel, like, smart and singularly from one, like, it has to make sense in the world of the, like, even if something is, like, completely, like, I've talked about this before. I loved everything everywhere all at once because the absurdity all felt very, like, of one voice. Um mm-hmm. But this just felt very like well, here's a child coming up with yeah, book. a little cheesy. This is when they're they're on trial. Okay. Nevertheless, the jury members really can't get their act together on the mouth breather charge, which is of course the big number. I mean, we've oh for Pete's sake, Teresa interrupted. What's a mouth breather? One more outburst from the female prisoner, and she goes back in the crate. Barbie said in a sweet voice, and from you, Betty, I want a verdict, not a ninety-minute Dinah short talk show. Betty's eyes snapped, but she only said guilty on all those lesser counts, which are boring. Proved neither guilty nor not guilty as mouth breathers. Betty held her ground while Barbie smoldered. Well, I've heard of sloppy jury work before, she spat, but this about takes the bagel. Those other charges don't mean squat without a Listen, Barb, Madam Chairperson, Betty barked. I was president of the entire school council at my school. And at your what, Betty? Barbie smiled poisonously. Maybe you'd care to tell us about your school and your entire family background, which is probably terribly, terribly top drawer. Anybody who'd mentioned school would probably even mention parents. Possibly you'd like to tell us your former name, which is no doubt prominent. I'm sure it'd make quite a pretty little story, and then we'd all have the goods on you for any future use. Yeah. It's just all so fucking precocious. You know, it's a little corny. It's, it's corny. corny. And corny's corny, you know? This takes the bagel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it feels very child president. Yes. And that's just like not my 
humor, I guess. It's, you know what? It's people that like family circus. <laughs> it's giving me family it's just, circus. It's giving I me Marmaduke. I was getting, yes. <laughs> I thought I was getting t- like crazy gang action in a mall. Right. And I got kid court. Yeah, kid court. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was just, I don't know. It's the same kind of humor as like, someone doing something silly and then like a dog like putting their paw on their nose. <laughs> it's like that kind of humor. Yes. It just, I was not really for us. No, no. And it's for someone, but, um, but so, oh, oh, but then, so then like the third part of the book just, is like, it's a much more different than fear street. I mean, even worse than Goosebumps. not even like, but it, it be, well, because there's no, it, it, there, there's nothing thrilling. Right. Where at least Goosebumps was like kind of, I sloppy was fucking scary, dude. Um, but then the third part of the book is like even more different where it's like this all out war between, and there's like an yeah, entire, tri- like, their like trial Dunkirk gets interrupted scene. by the yeah, mouth breathers waging war on the inside kids. And that's when, like, Teresa, like, proves herself to the other kids by, like, fucking bravehearting them. And I was like, what's happening here? Well, she, like, sets off the f- sprinkler. And then it's it's the next day that they get jobs. So that is, like, not even the climactic no. moment. The climactic moment is Teresa getting them all to give up their, their little mall society and go home to their mommies and daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, not for me. <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend this one it's just not a very it's not a it's not a teen creeps book no 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 i just don't think this is a book that i would ever enjoy at any stage of my life like i can see myself enjoying this as like a young child sure because it's like silly it's about kids living in a mall whatever yeah yeah i feel like yeah if you like I said, I made the comparison before. I'll make it again. It's like Marmaduke family circus shit. Uh-huh. Where it's just like... It's just like really... Like non-jokes. Fluffy. Just fluffy. Cheesy. Cheesy. Not really any... Like loves... Thing. Jobs. Really loves jobs. <laughs> Bad jobs. Yeah. Like... I was loves- like, yeah, this college student that whose like, identity she takes over... Should leave this job. Yeah. And honestly, she's got she's a just, fucking like business degree. Yeah. This bitch has like. You should a, not be like a cashier in a no. department store. And specifically in a department store that like, I mean, I've been a cashier in a department store. This is not to speak ill on people that are cashiers in department stores. Oh, no. I've worked so many retail jobs. It's just like, it's not. But like. It's not. Yeah. For you. <laughs> for what we saw of this character, she hated this job from day one. From like touring. Oh, and then that was the other thing. Remember when she gets a makeover, the little girl? Yeah. <sighs> and they put her in like sensible s- skirts and. Yeah, there's this weird section where she is like seized upon by tr- woman training all of these people on how to like dress children and make yeah. recommendations for them. That was weird, right? That didn't seem. That was very weird. That wasn't normal. They that like and they give this- her all these clothes and they cut the tags off and then they tell her to go find her mom's to pay for all these clothes that they forced her into. So she just runs away, of course. 
it's like this book is supposed to be a statement on consumerism, but in the end, it's like good that they work there. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. You know what kind of vibes this book was giving me? And this is the kind of book that I was reading at like maybe second grade, Boxcar Children. Yes. That's the vibe. Yeah. Like cheesy ass kids. And like, I remember, what was the little boy's name in Boxcar Children? The youngest one? I don't know. I never read them. Benny. Okay, well, these kids, do you know their story? I don't remember. They're like orphans. They live yeah, their parents like died or something like that. And then so they lived in a fucking boxcar and then their grandpa found them and adopted them. And so, but they like, it's weird because like the book starts with them like being adopted by their grandpa. Like, and so they're oh, all yeah, of that yeah, yeah. So other it's like shit. when they're not be- boxcar children yeah. anymore. Yeah, but they like solve mysteries together. But I think Benny is the youngest one and he's like eight and he can't read. And I remember being like, idiot. When I was like eight reading these ones, I was like, I don't have time for Benny. I remember thinking like, fuck the youngest kid. I didn't I didn't like, re- I don't know about you, but I didn't like reading books about kids my age. I only liked reading books about kids older than me. Yeah. And when there were kids my age, I was like, ew, disgusting. Get them off the page. I hate them. Babies. Yeah, babies. Um, I think it's because adults forget what it's actually like to be that age. And so it's always skewed a little bit too young. Yeah. They write them really young. And so then Mm -hmm. they act like annoying babies and you're like, well, I'm not like that. But then I also don't like it if they're, if kids are talking like adults or like super precocious. You know who I think did super precocious well is Lemony Snicket. I thought those books, I liked those books. And I only ever read them like because I didn't I was too old for them. My sister read them. Mm -hmm. But I remember like reading some of them like because we'd be on a trip or whatever and I'd run out of things to read and she had brought some. And so I would I'd be like, I don't know, I'll read this. And I actually thought those were pretty fun. Well, from what I have gathered, because I I haven't read them, it's like those books are very witty. They are. That's the thing. They're They're very witty and funny. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the difference. If if you've got a witty writer. Yeah you're gonna be fine but like it's kind of like the joke is that those kids are like at least one of them yeah is really precocious um it's mostly like i don't like how kids are written in like adult television shows oh yeah well because they're annoying as shit and and way way old for their age yeah yeah they're all like young um, sheldon's running around because most tv writers are having kids late and truly don't know what they're like yeah <laughs> anymore yeah yeah or all um, teener teenagers are written to be fucking assholes on you know TV what kid now. was written and really well let and the parents just let them they just yeah. deal with it and i hate it yeah you know what kid was written really well is um what? don draper or uh yeah don draper's daughter in Mad Men. oh yeah it's usually comedies that are making the biggest yeah. mistakes. Ow! In my noodle, opinion. Noodle just bit me. Being a real pantyhose. Yeah. <laughs> okay, to her credit, I was like petting her tummy too much. And she doesn't like if you pet her tummy for too long. Yeah, Edwin's the same. If you pet him on his side, he'll yeah. he'll then and like nip at you to let you know he like, yeah, to stop. It wasn't like a full on she's never really like bitten bitten me, but she did yeah. like a she like licked me a couple times and I was like, oh, she wants me to stop. But I kept doing it. And then she <laughs> bit me. <laughs> uh, um, 
but yeah, the uh, well, that's the book. That's the book. There's Skip nothing it. more to say. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Um, but thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We really, really appreciate you. Uh, if you want to check out our show on Patreon, patreoncom slash creeps, we got a lot of really cool stuff on there for you. Um, and a very special thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Aaron Fernandez, Adam Howitz, Amanda K, Amanda Nangle, Amy T, Ann Dwyer, Ryan Petty the Second, Caitlin L, Carrie Ham, Claire Moore, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny B, Drew Waranis, Ellie Lagos, Emma, Emma M. Aaron B. Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez. Gwendolyn Ludovic. Jason H. Jeremy Kronk. Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich. Jessica Smith-Harper. Jessica Yu. Jonathan Venable. Sersha Descaro. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Lilly. Katie Olsner. Keith Anderson. Kelly Burns. Carrie N. Cody X. Siegel. Landry Desmond. Larry Nguyen. Laura Hooper. Mary N. Megan Lozier. Melody. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Rachel Bassert, Randy Clett, Rebecca Goss, Roe Kalahua, Sarah Wallen, Sasha Gibson, Sylvie T, Tristan Buckner, Victoria Beck, Victoria Gray, and Victoria Valdez. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. We really appreciate your support. And thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast, period. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate you. You keep us alive. And next week, we are reading Starstruck by Richie Tankersley Cusick. Woo! Woo! So we'll see you all then. Thank you again. (laughs) And keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.